This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome, everyone. Um, tonight, tonight, we are dealing with a very, very important point. And um, to start off, I'd like to tell you one of the most fascinating stories from the Ramban that is really, really mind-blowing. Now, in order to say the story, I'd like to read for you word for word the story to see exactly each point. I don't want to miss a point. And this is written down in Sefer Kava Yashar, the 23rd Pele Kav Gimel. There was a story with the Ramban, he had a student. He went off the derech. You know what's going on over here? <coughs> there was a student of Ramban who went off the derech. What was his name? Ushmo Avner. His name was Avner. But he was so smart the student of the Ramban named Avner, and he had that wickedness so rasha that one time it says on Yom Kippur, the Ramban, one time it says, Yom Kippur, Shalach leha Ramban elav. It was Yom Kippur, and Ramban said, come over. Balefanav, he came in front of the Ramban, and he took a pig. He took a pig, Stabbed it, cooked it, and ate it on Yom Kippur. You know what happened? And then after that, he asked the Ramban, how many keritut was he, did he violate? You know what happened? He took a pig, stabbed it, cooked it, ate it on Yom Kippur. And he asks the Ramban, how many violations of Keritut is there right now? So, the Ramban says, he says, Arba, four. Tamid says, five. And they're going back and forth, back and forth. How many keritut are there? You know what karet is, by the way? There's different levels of karet, by the way. One karet is that he's cut off a person who does an avera of karet. There's three different types of the karet. And it could be, one is, he could die childless, with no children, and die young. Or, if he... He could die before 60, but he'll still have eternal life. Or one is the most severe where he's cut off completely. So this, this karet means cut off. That's what the word means. Koret means to cut. And now we know one of the things is if a person eats on Yom Kippur a, a substantial amount, he is over on a isur karet. And he did it. And he's asking the Ramban. His student is asking him, how many karets am I over? Imagine such a story. And he tells him four. He says, no, Rabbi, recalculate it. Because I think it's, I, I know it's five. He's going on his own punishment and saying it's five karets. And then I'm like, oh, you know, you're right. Now that I'm asked, how such a wise person, how did you kofer? How did you go against the Torah, you're so smart. What'd you do to go against it? I understand. And this is what he answers him. You ready? You, Ramban, said in the parasha of Ha'azinu, all the mitzvot and all the inyanim of, of the whole world is written and hinted 
In Parashat Azinu. Imagine that Ramban gets up and he says, Rabotai, there's a parasha, and it's a very small parasha. There's a parasha in the Torah, parasha da'azinu. In it, you find everything of the world possible in one parasha. So, this student of Neh said, I heard that, I said impossible, so I walked out. The Ramban answers him, I don't take that back, because what I said is true. You hear what happened? I'll read it to you. He says, he says in Parashat Azinu, all the mitzvot, they call in Yanim, kulam nidmazim be Parashat Azinu. Rak tzarich siyata You need heavenly help from, from Shamayim to figure out the hint. Where it's written in Parashat Azinu, but everything in the world is written Parashat Azinu. Everything. The student says to me that was ridiculous, and therefore I said I'm out. And he went out. And then Amban says back to him, "Adain ani omerken." I still hold my grounds because it's true. Everything is hinting in the parashat Azinu, and now he asks him, "Im amin Now he challenges his student. If you don't believe me, ask me any question in the world, and I'll prove to you in the parashat Azinu where it's at. Okay, it's a big challenge. He says to him, the Ramban student says back to him, he says, Zon Tzadik. He says, yeah, like that? He says, show me in the Torah, in Parashat Azinu, my name where it's written, in Parashat Azinu. Show me. His name was Avner. So show me in Parashat Azinu that I'm there. Show me where it is. So right here you have to understand. It says, "Vayitzpalel Haramban El Hashem Bechol Levavo Venavsho." It says the Ramban sat there praying with all his heart. Saying, Hashem, you have to help me. Where is it hinted his name of Ned in Parashat Azinu? With all my heart, he prayed. The Ramban says he prayed with all his heart. Pray, please, help me. Where is it? All of a sudden, Hashem gave him a heavenly siyata From his mouth, the following pasu came out. And it says, Amarti af'ehem. Ashbita me'enosh zikram. It's a pasuk in Parashat Azinu, and inside that pasuk in Parashat Azinu, if you count the third letter of each word, you spell, spell Avner. If you count the third letter, Rav Avner, Afehem, the third, the third, the third letter is Aleph. Ashbita is Bet, the third letter. Me'enosh is Nun, the third letter. And Zikram Izresh is the third letter. You know what that means? That Avner's name will be abolished. Because he went off the derech. Because he went off the path of Judaism. He quotes a pasuk. And in that pasuk, his name spells Avner. And in that pasuk, it means that his name will be abolished from the world. Never again. His name will be out. You heard that? I need your code, please. Yona, I need your code. You hear what's going on over here? Everybody, everybody's following so far. It's a wild, wild, wild. No, I need it. I need it. Still. I need it. I just need the code. It's a wild thing. It's not. It's not over yet. Because this is what happens right after that. Listen, what happens? He hears that his name in the parashat azinu, and he hears that it's abolished. You know what the student did? He says, if I come back with Chuvah, can I have a tikkun? 
can I have a refuah? So Ramban says, the pasuk says, you'll be abolished, your name will be abolished. That's the pasuk says. And it won't help. It says your, your, your name will be abolished in the pasuk. And it won't help. Avner is going to be abolished. Your name is abolished. Out, out forever, done. Right away, the student took a boat without a sailor. And it says over here, he took the boat and he just sailed in the ocean. Imagine, you take a boat and he just sailed. I don't know if he even took food with him. <laughs> just took a sail. He was so, now he just took a boat and just sailed down the ocean. And he started crying and screaming and crying and screaming. And nobody knew what happened to this person of Ned. But the Ramban, it says, Ramban started praying. And he says, please, Hashem. This is the prayer that he says. Let him have some type of kapara. Student went off the dinner. Give him some type of kapara. After a while, the student came to Ramban in a dream to thank him. What did he say? He says, when you finished your tefillah, shegamra tefillatol leholichole hatalmid legehinam. He says, when he finished praying, hayudanin oto dinim harbe begehinam. Lo leicholah gerenet velo donu tiko behinam ki olat opam ayahot atamid bekafakela. What happened? You ever hear of kafakela? There's something called ganeden. There's something called gehinam. And it's something called kafakela. That's like in between. Like, like it's no, no, no. That's uh, there's gehinam, there's ganeden, and there's something called kafakela. I don't know how to explain kafakela, but I'm not going to go into kafakela what it is. But it was basically he couldn't even get into gehinam. You know the the, the way the way he explains the kafakela. You look it up in the, in Perek Kav Gimel. You have the translation in English here. So he couldn't. There's there's three. There's a third thing that people you know they don't ganeden. They don't gehinam. Some people, they did such wickedness in their life, they don't even have a school to get into Gehenam. They have to stay in a place called Kafakela. The person did such a Rish'ut, he did such a, a, um, um, a, um, um, a wickedness in their life, that he doesn't even get the school to enter into Gehenam. So where was he until now? He was in Kafakela. So he's coming to Ramban and saying, by the way, since you prayed for my kapara, they gave me the zikhud, they gave me the ability to go into Gehinam. You know, it's a wild thing. You know, there was another rabbi, his name was Elisha ben Avuya. He went off at the end of his life, he went off, in the middle, middle of life, they called him Akher. Akher had a student, Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir saw after Elisha ben Avia, his rabbi, died, it saw that, that the, the fire in his graveyard, where he was buried, was smoking. Meaning to say, he could, they, they couldn't even enter him. They didn't know where he was entering him. Geinam or Ganeden, they didn't know where he was entering. And at that point, what was going to be? So Meir did something. He says, I'm going to pray or do whatever it was. And he was able to get his rabbi into the Gehinam. His rabbi went over the derech. Into the Gehinam. And Torah of Yohanan came and said, I'm going to try to, I'm going to get him into Gan Eden. It was a whole thing. It's brought down in the second pedic of Ahagigah. But in, in all these cases, I want to bring out one point. The point of this whole story that I'm saying here tonight is one thing. And that is, the reason why his student got a kapara was because of prayer. A person's prayer is so... A person has to understand this prayer is so strong that your person's prayer... You, you have to understand something. A person in life... It, uh, life is not a joke. Life is a serious thing. And, and, and a person uh, needs to purify himself as much as possible. But in any case, what the tefillah is doing is... It, the tefillah actually gave him a kapara. 
The tefillah of the Ramban gave him a kapara that the student of the Ramban, even though he did all this wickedness, he had a kapara. Look how powerful tefillah is. And why am I saying it now in this week's parasha? Because it has to do a lot with this week's parasha. Parasha dacharemot. What happens in this week's parasha? You see the Kohen Gadol has an entire uh, 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 bull, par, just for him and his family to make a kaparat avonot for himself. He has to bring like a korban before he even starts, before anything else. He's made a korban for his own kapara. Because a person, yet yeah, the tefillah is so important, the tefillah is so strong that it'll help the person. The person has to clean out his neshama. Every single day we say, Elokai neshama shenatata bi Torah. Every day in the morning, right after Modani, we say, outside. you went to the bathroom, you come out, you say, Elokai neshama, Elokai neshama shenatata bi Torah. Ata berata, ata yetzata. Ata nefeta bi, vata meshma, vata atid, letlami meni, ula chazira bi. What is that saying? It says, in the future, the neshama that you gave me will come back to me. You know, one time the Hafez Haim said to his students, this is brought down in a sefer called Sha'al Avicha Ve'egetcha Roshlomo Shadron. One time, he came to his students and he, the Hafez Haim said, I'm about to tell you a Hidush, and if you want to hear the Hidush, it's only going to be in the middle of the night. Those who are serious... We'll come and hear the Hiddush. It's going to be in the middle of the night. He told him the time. This is exactly time. If you want to hear it, be in the Beit Midrash. Now, I don't know if back then they had an alarm clock. They just had like um, uh, a chicken. So I don't know how they had, they had, they had, they had, they do that, right? We say it every morning. What's the Sikhvi? Sikhvi is the chicken, right? That he gave the chicken knowledge to understand the difference between what? Day and night. Day and night. So back in the day, I remember I was in Sfat. I was in Sfat one time. I was for a Shabbat in Sfat. And all of a sudden, in the middle, in the, like early in the morning, I hear a, a rooster crowing. I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like it really works, you know? <laughs> you hear that in the middle of the night. It's a wild thing. It's a real thing. Go out to the farm, you hear a rooster crow exactly at the break of dawn. The thing is, impo- like if you, if you, it's better than an alarm clock, by the way. You see the alarm, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe not, this is exactly when it hits crack of dawn, boom, it, it makes the, the, the doodle do, yeah? <laughs> so it says like this. So now, what happens? They all wake up. They come to Avetz Haim's house. They're waiting in the, in the Be'er Midrash of Avetz Haim. They want to hear, what is the Avetz Haim going to say early in the middle of the night? And listen to what he says. This is what I saw in the Shalav Yechav Listen to what he says. You ready? This is the, this is the Hidush. I'm telling you what the Hidush of the Havetz Haim in the middle of the night when he told the students. What do you say? He says that in the Elokai Neshama, if, again, if you hear what we said, it says Elokai Neshama, Elokai. We make a sick, by the way. Elokai, you have to say Elokai. If you look in the Sidurim, there's a comma. Why? Because it's not Elokai Neshama. Your Neshama is not Elokai. No, it's Elokai Hashem. Comma. Elokai. Neshama Shenatata Bi. The Neshama, you have to understand, we're a body and we're a soul. Neshama Shenatata Bi Teorah. He gave you a soul that's pure. Ata Berata, you created it. Ata Yetzata, you formed it. You blew into me. You hold it in my body. Because technically speaking, in a Shama wants to, it's, it's not a, a, a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing in a Shama. So in a Shama really wants to be in the in in, in the Shamaim with, with Hashem enjoying Gan Eden. It doesn't want to be here, right? Every time before a person's born, there's a whole fight. You know, before a person's born, there's a whole fight up in Shamaim. No, should we send them down? Should we not send them down? And the Shama's like, oh, listen, I'm over here in Shamaim. Now I'm gonna go down to the Aretz. What am I gonna do? Eat pizza and ice cream? Come on! He wants to stay with the thing. It says in Yesharim, there's no physical thing that can give the, 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 the Neshama pleasure. 
says, why not? No, no physical thing. You think, what physical thing could you give the Neshama pleasure in this world? No physical thing. And that's why Saturday night, Motzei Shabbat, what do we do by the Havdalah? What we do with Samim? What do we do with Samim? Because you have Neshama Yetera that comes on Shabbat, and it leaves Saturday night, and therefore it needs something. So something physical doesn't hit. Okay, so he smells something, goes up something, it'll get that pleasure somehow, or something like that. But something physical? There's no physical pleasure for, for Neshama. I don't care what island you go to and it's a crazy island with, with, with the palm trees and the ocean is so, 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 so blue and you have uh, crazy sand, white sand. The Neshama doesn't get physical, doesn't, the Neshama doesn't get that pleasure. The Neshama doesn't get pleasure. You can give it any physical... You, the guy's wearing the craziest watch, a million dollar watch. You ever see a guy like that? He's wearing a million dollar watch. You know what I'm talking about? Boy, you ever see it? Huh? Boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you saw it. At least you saw it. <laughs> no, you have a guy wearing a crazy, crazy, crazy watch. The the the, the, the doesn't get pleasure from that. Or the guy's driving such a crazy car. It's sick. He has a, a convertible. I have three, whatever it is. I have three convertible. <laughs> and he's so happy. Or oh, he's like doing a thing. He's so excited. The Neshama doesn't have a physical benefit from that. The Neshama doesn't have a physical benefit. The Neshama only has from the spirituality that we do. That's, his, that's the pleasure of the Neshama. And therefore, if you go back and you say, You know what that means? Hashem, Hashem. You're shomer, you're holding it down for me, so it doesn't just go up, you know? Yeah? And that's what we say by Ashe Yatzar, by the way, when we get outside the bathroom, you know what we say? We say, When we go out of the bathroom, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? You know, the whole, the, the whole body is, is a pele. Well, what is it? And uh, yeah, whatever. Not, correct, correct, correct. That's true. But it's, it's a pillar. The whole body, the whole system, the body, the neshama, and the goof, and everything like that. So it says, many, and you in the future will pull it away from me. is when my peak hay. It's a my peak hay. Dot in the hay. What does that mean? It's telling you. That neshama that you had, you're not getting a different neshama. You're getting that same exact neshama that you left the world with. And that's why how important it is to keep it pure. Imagine a guy that avera, and on his avera, he has dots, black dots. And, and after 100, after Tchiyat Metim, they're looking... This is the same neshama that you, you come back to the same neshama, by the way. The same neshama that was given to you, you coming back with that same neshama as you left it. And now you go, and after Tchiyatam Etim, the resurrection of the dead, your friends looking at your bro. Well, what's those black dots? Oh, you did that. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You can't hide nothing after that. At least over here, maybe a guy could hide something, this, that, that, that. But in the future, there's no hiding. It's right there. It's like, listen. What did you do that day? And, and, and Neshama has a stain. Whoa! And that's why a person has to understand, he has to purify it before. So the Kohen Gadol, every Yom Kippur, he would pray for his own kapara before he did anything. He said, Hashem, please, I'm bringing a special part right now for my kapara. I need a kapara for myself. Because like the Ramban explained, like we saw in the story of the Ramban, the Ramban had a tefillah for his student. And he was able to get kaparat avonot a little bit in such an aspect, whatever he was able to get. But you see what prayers can do. Prayers is so powerful, everybody wants to purify his neshama. And everybody wants to do it the right way. One of the ways is Hashem, please, help me and I'm begging you, do whatever you can. Help me make sure that I leave this world pure, as pure as can be. Yeah, it's not a joke. You know, sometimes people, they have to, one of the things is, they have to make tshuva before a person passes on. You know that? I'm not going to go into that now, but let's go on, let's go on with this, with this, with this point. So that's why it's so important that the Kohen Gadol, he wouldn't just do the, 
He wouldn't just go in the Kodesh Kodashim. No, 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 no. He would go ahead first, and he would make sure Hashem will pray for his own kapara. I beg you for my kapara, and then he'll, then he'll continue. Rabotai, I'd like to share with you one point in this aspect. What could influence our neshama that could be offset it? And that's where it speaks about every Yom Kippur, they would take two goats. One was Hashem, and one was Azazel. You heard that? One was Hashem, and one was Azazel. Which goat was which? Which goat was which? How do you know which one was this? There was a lottery. And, the, and they would pick out from the thing, this was, whatever he picked over here, the Kohen goes, oh, Azazel, okay, this is Hashem. And if it was Hashem, it entered what? The blood, they did the Korbanot, the blood entered into the Kodesh Kodashim. If it was Azazel, they would take the goat, and they would leave Jerusalem, go to Harei Yehuda outside in a desolate place, and chuck the goat down a mountain, and it will roll and roll and roll and roll and roll. And he'd come into pieces. And he'd turn into pieces. It's not a joke, it was a real thing. Every Yom Kippur. And it was, it was considered a korban, the Hashem, it's Kodesh, it's, it's like a wild thing. And, 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 and he say that, to be honest, the Mephashim say that we're stuck here, what's the explanation to it? We're stuck, done, period, stuck. But tonight I'm going to give you one explanation to it. This is not my explanation. I saw this from Rambig Demillo, but it's an amazing explanation. And that is, he says like this. He quotes a Midrash. What does Midrash say? He said, what is this Azazel? What does it represent? And he says, the Midrash Rabbah explained, but it says over there, it says it represents Esav. It represents Esav. Hence, Esav was hairy. And how do you say hair, hair in Hebrew? Se'ar. Hair is Se'ar. How do you say goat in Hebrew? Se'ir. So therefore, there's a connotation to Esav that was hairy. And where was Esav? By Har Se'ir. So there's a connection to the whole thing that he was Esav. Now what does that have to do with anything? What we're throwing Esav down the mountain? What does that have to do with anything? And it says, What's Avonotam? Avontam. What's Avontam? What was Yaakov? Yaakov was Ishtam Yoshev Alim. It's Mechaper on Bnei Sel Bnei Yaakov on the Avonotam. And it says, Even the Averot that a person did Bemezid intentionally, you'll get kapara through throwing this. Except karet. Karet is a very, very, very strong, strong sin. Except that sin, like we said earlier, karet. But besides that, the, 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 the sin that he did intentionally, it'll even give the brain cell a kapara for that as well. How? How does that make any sense? By me throwing a, 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 a seir that represents a sab, that's... So let me explain. The explanation to this is as follows. The explanation to this is, a person must understand, before we walked in, before we walked in to Israel, how many years we were in the desert? 40 years. Before we entered Israel, Moshe Rabbeinu gives a speech. What's his speech? Dvar Torah, Hidush. If you have any Porerosh, is there anybody inside that they have the Tum'ah of Egypt? Please be careful. What? What does it have to do now with Israel? That's 40 years ago. If the people, uh, they're walking into Israel, Moshe Rabbeinu warns them. Rabotai, make sure nobody has any Tum'ah from Egypt. What do you mean? We had a 40 year gap from Egypt 
to go into Israel 40 years in the Midbar. It was like a yeshiva, open of yeshiva of Emunah and Bitachon. Think about it. In the 40 years in the desert, what were we doing? We had the man coming down. Well, imagine, you, you, imagine right now today, the man would still come down. Imagine right now, you, imagine nobody would have to ever work in their life. You walk outside and you have every single day a, a whole, uh, a whole uh, meal. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, all you do is eat it. Huh? Imagine such a thing. They had that. Clothes, your clothes. You know, you realize your clothes, you didn't have to change any clothes. Your clothes would grow with you. Imagine you're wearing a suit, you're 13, all of a sudden 14, it grows, 15, it grows, 16, it grows, 17, it grows. And guess what? Every day it was like, Vdane Kavod was giving like a dry clean. So it was clean. Every day you have clean clothes, every day clean clothes. What kind of amazing life? You saw how much Emunah Bitachon we had in the Midbar, and everybody was seeing it. Everybody was seeing it with their own physical eyes. And now you're coming and telling me, oh, by the way, if anybody has Tum'ah, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? If anybody has to offer from Mitzrayim, please be careful when they go into Israel. What's that to do with anything? You know what the answer is? The answer is the hashpa'ah, the influence that a person has who was exposed, it's always in there. And he has to fight it. I'll give you an example. There was one time a guy over here not going to say who. There was a guy here. And not in this room now. <laughs> but I remember, I'll never forget. Um, um, he said, there was a younger kids over here. And he said, don't get, and he's like older, maybe he's 33, 35, I don't know how old he is. And he says, don't stir my, and he said his name, Right? Don't stir my old... Uh, and he said his name out loud. Don't stir that. Don't stir that. And the, and the kid was still playing games on the games. And I saw he pushed the kid. He pushed the kid to, to, to the wall. And I'm like thinking, I, I, excuse me, you can't do that. I mean, the kid's, the kid's 12 years old. You're, you're 35. You go like that. Then I inquired and they told me Somebody told me, he says, oh, back in the day, this guy will beat up. So I said, well, how'd, you, I said how'd you get? He says, I was influenced as a young age. The hashpa'ah, the influence that we have is, is in us. And it's our job not to get influenced by that. But where do we get influenced from it? From the outside world around us. That's how we get influenced. How does a guy pick up a gun and shoot somebody. Uh, you ever hear such a thing like that? The guy takes a gun, oh, you saw my parking spot, he shot him on the leg, boom, boom, boom. I told you, he shot him like boom, 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 and he, and he drove off like nothing happened. Like the guy's uh, 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 shooting a, a, a chicken. Ta-ta, boom, go see you later. How, how does he do that? The answer is, it's the influence. What's the influence? What influence did he get? He sees, I don't know, maybe video games, he's playing video games, killing video games, and he feels that, you know, what's a gun anymore? You know, video games are so real that the guy could go shoot and put his virtual reality glasses and see mummies and see uh, Ghostbusters and go, boom, 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 and he's killing the guy. Movie, what do you want to do? You want to take a gun, you know what? Yeah, not so bad. But this is real life. Yeah. How many times you see a karate movie and all of a sudden you're ready to do karate? I go, you know what I'm talking about? That's what I'm talking about. He's like, yeah, I want to go. Well, you see like a boxing thing and you're ready to go. And next guy comes up and like, da, da, da. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? The answer is the hashpa'ah, the outside influence that automatically dug in your brain, it's always there. And that's why you have that, a person has it within him. All of a sudden, he, he's dealing with, I don't know, uh, uh, the outside world, uh, the goyim and things like that. All of a sudden, he comes back to, to, to the shul and he, and he opens up a curse. Oh, how, how? How'd you do that? The, the curse in a shul? Oh, sorry, Rabbi, the whole day I'm dealing with this guy and that guy and that guy and this guy. So you're hearing what? It's not you. It's not your mouth. It's the mouth of the street. That you heard so much of this curse and that curse and that curse and that curse, 
that automatically you got influenced by the outside world, so therefore you curse because that's what it is. You understand what's you hear what the Ashba'ah is? I'll never forget, I was a kid, I was in fifth grade. I'll never forget this. We're playing ball. Right after we're playing ball, we went to, I didn't have a ride home. Some, some, um, uh, one of the boys told me, yeah, come, come, come into my car. My, my mother will give you a ride home. We go into the car. I'm sitting in the back. He's sitting in the front. His name was Jack, and, uh, and I'm sitting in the back. So Jack, uh, Jack tells his mother, oh, by the way, we're playing ball. And this guy, one of the kids, he missed the shot, and I, I can't believe what I heard. He says, what's it, that boy? Don't ever bring him to the house ever again. Like that, straight up. I was like, I got scared. I was like, I'm never gonna say it. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's like, don't ever bring him to the house ever again. And I was thinking as a little boy, whoa, he just said it, he slipped out a word. What's the big deal? The mother was so smart. The mother's like, I don't want you to be influenced even in iota, even the most minute, 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 minute from that. I remember one time I came home. And my kids, my kids say, Dad, you smoke? I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. No, Dad, you smoke. I was like, what? I don't smoke. What happened that night? That I was with a few boys. They were, they were smoking after the class, whatever it was like that. And all of a sudden, I came into the house. All my kids were up, whatever they were. I said, Dad, you're smoking. I said, no. The answer is that influence is so powerful that even without you doing anything, the fact that you're around, it's infused in you. It's infused. You hear that? You know what the word infused means? It's just like, it just comes like, it sucks you in. It's like, you hear what's going on? But where did it come from? Because deep down, every Jew, you know, every Jew deep down, they only want to do Hashem's will. That's all they want to do, by the way. The biggest simha that a person, the biggest happiness that a person can get is one thing. One thing and one thing only. What is that? Doing Hashem's will. That's the biggest simha. So then, if that's the case, what's stopping us? You know what the Gemara says? Of course, the Yetzirah. But the Gemara says something else. You know what it says? Gemara in Berachot says, Sha'ibud Machuyot. What is Sha'ibud Machuyot is? Sha'ibud Machuyot means is the outside influence. That they, the outside influence that we are surrounded with, that's what's bringing the, the, the hashpa'ah within. And that's why the Torah says, we have to further ourselves so far from that. And how do I know? What's the proof? Do you know the halakha says that you're not allowed, you're not allowed to eat food cooked by a goy, you know that? You have a hetir for the Ashkenazim. If you open up the fire, there's a hetir for the Ashkenazim, right? Sfaradim, they have to also put the food on the fire. Why? Why? The food is kosher. Is the food kosher? Glad, bet yourself, the top, top. I shechted it myself. I saw the knife. I opened the thing. I cut him down. I took the knife. Perfect shechita. All the rabbis. Rabbi, what a shechita. This, we never saw such a shechita in our lives. Beautiful. It's kosher. Kosher. This is the best kosher. We never saw such kosher. All of a sudden, I'm going. I'm about to eat. You know, I'm tired. I tell the, the guy, listen, do me a favor. Uh, open the barbecue and uh, put this on the grill. He opens the barbecue, puts it on the grill. The food is not edible for me. You know that? I can't eat that food. What? 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 What can eat the food? What can eat the food? It's kosher. The answer is the rabbis understood. When you start mingling, you start getting influenced just a little bit. Now, when the steak comes to your table and the steak comes to your plate, you're like, wow. This chef is unbelievable. Oh my goodness. By the way, is this running the family? He says, yeah, it runs in the family. Woo! Yeah, and guess what? I brought my daughter here, and she was the one who actually sees that. Oh! And what are you thinking? Before you know it, they're getting married. Because the influence of the outside world is so crazy that they don't even want you to what? To have the food. Cooked by the goy. You hear what's going on? There's certain halachot. It says, Let's say they're having party. 
Xmas party for the company. And you want to go and you want to eat. And the guy tells you, I got you the airplane food, the, the you know, the airplane food. Everything else is not kosher. This is kosher. Means what? Even then, yeah, you're going, you're running into problems. There's even halachot. If you're going to a bar with goyim, you're allowed, you're not allowed. Go check up the halachot about it. It's not so, oh yeah, let me go to a bar. Let me drink with, let me drink with the bar. I'm drinking beer. It's kosher, 100% kosher. But you went to Goim, Asud, Sviva, look, Rambam speaks about it. Rambam speaks about it. It's not so pashut, that's so simple. Oh, big deal, let me go here, let me go there, let me go. Because it's the outside influence. And guess what? That's exactly what the Torah is speaking about. When it says, Lo tavi betecha. You know that? You know what it says? You're not allowed to bring, it means idol, into your house. But I'm going to say, yeah, Tavi is TV. You can't bring TV in the, in, in the house. It says, why? Because you have to understand there's some goy that's influencing your brain. Some goy out there, when you're watching a show, TV, or whatever it is, what's going on? It's the goy that some of them have, some of them have filthy brains, and I'm sure you know. I'm sure you dealt with things like, what this guy? What are you putting in my brain now? Filthy, filthy brains. But the guy brought a TV. So what does he do? He puts his kid in front of the TV. And he makes sure YouTube kids channel only the kids channel. And that's it. He goes, chills that. What happened? No, I put him the YouTube TV channel. But he doesn't know even that the hashpa'ah of a goy, everything that the guy's saying. Okay, he might not say the curse, but you heard everything else. What he's saying, you know everything that is going into your kid's brain. You know, you don't know, but it'll be influenced later on in life. This kid, your child, will always remember. He sees one. I remember, unfortunately, I remember one kid. He remember he took me to his house once and he showed me a movie. I still remember this, the, 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 the thing. I was like, what? It messed up my brain. Now I have this in my brain. I don't know how to get it out of my brain. I really don't know how to get it out of my brain. How do you get it out of your brain? You, you saw a show, this, that, that, shtuyot. How do you get it out of your brain? The guy said what he said. And I want to get it out of my brain. How could I do it? And you think, that maybe I can forget. I can't forget it. It was so, uh, there. I, I want to forget it, but it doesn't go off the brain. How do you forget it? You know how to do it? The vacuum goes, you know? It's crazy. It's crazy. And that's why a person in life, he has to be careful from the outside world. And that's why how important it is to have a person have a filter on his phone. Have a filter on your phone. No, Rabbi, I'm good. Don't worry about me. I need it for business. I need it for this. I need it for that. But, but, But you're good. Everything else is good. You're good. Who gives you the business? Who gives you the money? I want to understand. Who gives you every single dollar that you make in your pocket? It's God. That's the only thing. So if he, if he, doesn't, if he doesn't like what would what, what, say, all the rabbis came out and they said, every person has to have a filter. And it's not hard, by the way. There's an organization called TAG, and they tag it whichever way you want. They can make sure your whole business goes through everything, and certain, certain sites that it doesn't go through. It's filtered, that's it. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. We can get them one night, they'll do a real quick chick chuck in and out. That's it. That's it. Yeah, whatever it is. We'll, you want, we'll do it. After Nati, we'll do it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Give me your phone. Filter your phone. Don't worry, I got you. So at the end of the day, what is it? What is it? No, no, don't worry about it. We have, if it's expensive for you, we'll sponsor. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we'll sponsor you. Don't worry. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is what it is. A guy, a guy, a guy says, oh, you know, how does Yetzirah get him? Get him? Oh, it's expensive, how does that? But everything else he'll spend for. This he won't spend for? Come on. And it's not expensive, it's not expensive. But I'm just saying, how the Yetzirah plays? We're trying to bring out a point. Oh, yeah, wait, wait, expensive. oh, can't put on. But if a, person's, if a person's going through a procedure, he has to take a heart surgery. You can tell, oh, no, too expensive. I'll go to the next doctor. <laughs> and the next doctor says, same price. Too expensive. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't do the surgery. <laughs> <laughs> the guy die. 
Your neshama, like we said in the beginning of Shiur tonight, your neshama is whatever you see is all your neshama forever. Forever, it's there. It's there, you got to get it out. At least pray, Hashem, give me kapara for what I saw till now. Give me kapara. Please, I beg you, what I saw, please, Hashem, erase it from my neshama. You can pray. We said in the beginning of Shiur, your prayers can take an effect to have a kapara. Do something about it. Even the, the Kohen Gadol prayed for his own kapara on the holiest day of Yom Kippur. At least protect it. At least show Hashem that you care. Hashem, I do care. You know what? I really want to take care of my neshama. It's very, very important. Very, very delicate. You know what? I'm going to make sure this is going to be taken care of. At least show them that you care. And, 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 and do a filter, something. And do it even tonight. If you want tonight, make sure. The gay number will do. We'll make it happen. It's not a joke. It's really real stuff. And that's exactly what we're saying. Because at the end of the day, where does this all come from? It comes from the outside world. Not from the Jew. Because a Jew is pure inside. Every Jew is pure inside. You have to understand that with a, with, with a million times again. Every Jew. I met a Jew, all of a sudden my phone broke. I told you what happened. My phone thing, all of a sudden somebody, I was sitting on a, a, a sitting somewhere, and the person next to me uh, dropped the water, and it, of course, right on my phone, the whole water. I, can't, I didn't really know what was happening. They cleaned it up. They didn't tell me, of course. They didn't clean it up. <laughs> I don't know, I'm going home, trying to charge it, this, that, that, pa, pa, pa. I'm trying to charge it. I'm trying to do it. Nothing, nothing. All of a sudden, I feel it. I take it off the charger, I feel the whole phone burning. How'd you know? It was burning hot. I was like, oh my goodness. I took my phone, I put it, I put it in, my, in my mailbox. I said, this is very hot. I don't know what's going to be. What's going to happen? The next day, I go, I, I go, I go to the thing, and the cell phone guy, he says, uh, they, of course, they tell you, oh, by the way, you need to get a new phone, but we have one for $1,000 over special, special. Yeah, you don't have insurance, right? You know, these $1,000. I was like, maybe I'll go fix these. No, 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 if you fix it, it'll probably cost you the same amount anyways. I'm just letting you know. That's he tells me. I go to, to, to the store, two doors down from him, he opens up the thing. So oh, this is a water problem. I can fix it, 100 bucks. I'll get it done for you. As I'm sitting in the store, I see a couple. They come in, and they start talking, they start schmoozing with me. That guy has tattoo, the guy has this. And I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me, and I was like, and he's telling me advice. He's telling me, yeah, by the way, this guy is good, fix it with him. I was like, you work for him or something? He's like, no, no, I just came in once before, this, this, this. And he starts talking about me, about religion. I don't know why. He's like, do you know? Um, um, I said, where do you live? I start talking. I was like, do you know I'm a rabbi? Oh, he tells me, I like to have fun. How you doing? Let's talk about religion. He starts talking about Christianity, a, a, Muslim, a Muslim. He talks about the Judaism. And he's telling me all his Hindushim about each religion. I say, and what religion do you belong to? He tells me, I'm Jewish. My father was Jewish. My grandfather was actually one of the guys. I'm not going to say the shul because you all know the shul. Off the camera, I'll say the shul. He says, one of the shuls in the community over here, my grandfather would make sure the shul was clean and he was the maintenance. I was like, what about your mother? Oh, my mother, this, that, that, that. And I have a. And then, then his wife starts speaking. Also, me, by the way. I'm Jewish. My mother lights candles, everything. I said, like, what about you? No, no, no. I was like, what do you mean no? No, no. What's no? Kippur I fast. Oh. Shabbat. Kippur I fast. Let's stop it there. I was like, listen, what's your number? <laughs> I have his number, by the way. If you want. I'm not sure. I have his number right here. I took his number down. I have his number over here. I said, I don't know. I have his number right here. Yeah, this happened yesterday. It's all happened yesterday. Here is his name. You'll share his name after. So he says like this. <laughs> so I was going to call. Hey! So, so what happened? He tells me he lives around the corner from me. He tells me he lives around the corner from me. I say, if I buy you for Shabbat, you come? He says, yeah, sure, no problem. Really? really. Because deep down, every Jew knows what's right. I don't care the guy has a ponytail, he has a tattoo, he has a piercing, he has, I don't care what. Deep down, a Jew is a Jew. He'll never, ever... You know, there was 
a crazy story with a Biosi. There's a, I forgot it was the last name. Biosi, I think, she's, I forgot, Biosi something. I forgot what it was. But it was a famous story that he went with the Romans. And one time he went to the Bet HaMikdash and he said, the Roman emperor said, you could take anything. You know the story? He said he could take anything inside the Bet HaMikdash. You know what's his name? Yossi what? I know it was Yossi. I forgot what. He says, he says uh, it was, his name was Yossi. He went off the derech. He went to the Romans. He went with the Romans. He got influenced by the Romans. And they told him, you could go to the Bet HaMikdash and pick out anything that you want. And we're going to let you keep it. He took out Menorah. He says, oh, this you can't take. Come on, this is too magnificent. No, no, no. Go and get something else. He said, no, I won't go in. He said, no, no, go and get something else. He says, no, I won't go back in. Oh, they got him. They said, maybe... What do you mean? Why not? It says, because I angered my creator once by going in with my arrogance and picking up something from the Beit HaMikdash, I'll never do it again. They ended up, I believe, they ended up killing him, torturing him to death. But the point that the, the, point that the, the story is that even that person that went against the Jews, at the end of his life, he understood that at the end of his life, a Jew is a Jew, I can't, I can't go in, I can't, because that's the honest truth. But what influences us? Shibud Machuyot. What's Shibud Machuyot? It's the outside influence. And that's exactly what we're doing with the Seir. That's Esav. That represents the outside world. And we're taking it and we're chucking it off a cliff. And we're letting it roll and roll and roll and roll until it smashes and dies. Doesn't even make sense. And the answer is, it's for us to do the same thing. Take the shtuyot, take the outside influence and throw it down a mountain and let it roll, let it roll, let it roll, let it roll, let it it roll until it crushes and dies. That's the truth. That's the honest truth. And if a person has bad influence of friends, get rid of them ASAP. And if a person has a a phone that's, heaven forbid, not proper, get rid of it ASAP. Put a filter on it. And if a person has anything else in that manner, a person has to get rid of the shtuyot because at the end of the day, it's influential. At the end of the day, it seeps in the neshama, it seeps in your body, and a person will get influenced. And that's the first thing. It's the first thing. Get rid of all the outside shtuyot. Get rid of all the outside shtuyot. And that's exactly what the Kohen Gadol is teaching us. You see what I'm doing? You see how holy this is? I'm taking this and it's going to be a kapara for you. How is this going to be a kapara for you? He says, because where did it stem from? It all stemmed from the outside to yours because deep down you're a Jew and you're good and you're good deep down. So chuck out the bad influences and you'll automatically be good. Sur merah da'asetov. You know what that means? Sur merah va'asetov? Sur merah means pull away the bad. When you pull away the bad, automatically you'll do good. I say, Tov, automatically the good will come. Hashem, we remember these lessons. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.